ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Joel Hetrick, welcome to ATV Talk. This has been a long time coming, and thank you so much for squeezing me into your schedule, man. Oh, no, thank you. I, I told you at Glen Helen I was a hard one to get a hold of, and I think I made it a, made a true testament on you, but, you know, finally got with you, and I'm, I'm happy to do it, so thank you. Well, I really, really appreciate it. Um, you're a two-time national champion. You're pretty young still. Um, I'm going to jump ahead and then we'll go back. Okay. What do you see in the future here? Uh, so I'm 28 right now. I'll be 29 here in January. So I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm still in a, a prime age to continue racing for another five to 10 years. I, I always tell myself that I, when I talk to my wife, you know, just having sit down conversations at dinner that, you know, they come up and I, I feel like I would, I, I talked to her and we said, you know, five to 10 years, at least if, if the sport's still here, why, why would I, you know, back out now? If I'm still young and healthy and, you know, having fun doing it. So we're, uh, you know, obviously gunning the race forever and, or, you know, as long as my body will take it, at least it's getting pretty beat up and the crashes I had this year didn't help, but um, yeah, I, I mean, the love for the sport will never change and I'll probably ride until I can't move. So that's where I'm at with it. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Uh, you mentioned that you had a couple get-offs this year. Is it uh, usual race incidents, or did something spe- uh, unpredictable happen with the machine or other riders? Uh, just Daytona, it seems to always bite me in some way. So uh, just typical Daytona tight track and coming through the lappers and made a, you know, maybe made a pass that uh, – it didn't stick obviously because the the lap rider I passed he he was on the outside of me and kept going and kind of cross jumped me and we got tangled up and I wrecked and uh you know just just happened to be a, a crappy situation where he didn't know I was there and he was in a, a pretty big battle himself with two other guys and you know the the blue flag thing was they didn't really nail that but it just was a crappy ordeal and it seemed to it seems to always get me at Daytona for some reason but you know it's like I wanted to be upset and blame the rider, but it's, uh, it's just, it's really hard to do that when it's motocross and it's just that type of, you know, just what happens sometimes. So just moved on with that one. And, uh, we were doing really good. Didn't have any other crashes until the one mud race we had at Unadilla and it just new, new bike, new tires, uh, muddy slick and just being aggressive in a spot where I shouldn't have been. And, hit the brakes, went in too fast to a turn, hit the brakes, slid, caught, wrecked. And, you know, there was, there was the end in my head, the end of the 2021 championship right at Unadilla. That was, that was going through my head. Like, yep, that, that's it. Yeah. A lot of people have seen a, a change. Uh, let's go back and talk Daytona for a minute. Your fan mm-hmm. base 
basically did all of the chastising of that poor rider for you. You didn't have to say a word. Um, yeah, I had to get on them a little bit, you know, because they were pre- being pretty harsh. So I, I felt bad. I obviously wanted to do it myself, but it's like, I don't know, you, you do it in the heat of the moment and then you look back and you're like, damn it, I wish I wouldn't have said that. I've learned that. I've said a lot of things I shouldn't have said to people on the track. So I'm, I'm getting older and wiser. And uh, so I didn't really say nothing. I, I mean, I was laid up in the hospital upset, but, you know, my, my fans did do their part of being spectacular Joel Hetrick fans. Yeah, the, yes, they were. Uh, I'm a distant fan and I was watching it going, whoa, this yeah. is unreal. So yeah, it was tough to watch. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that the writer learned a lesson at, at the same time. And everybody's going to walk away from it a, a better racers because mm-hmm. of, you know, and maybe the fans learned something too. Maybe, you know, give some of these guys the benefit of the doubt. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he, you know, because that particular rider, um, he did do a lot better at the end of the season, throughout the season, and, you know, I think he maybe quieted down them them guys that were so harsh on him at the beginning of the year because Daytona is a crappy track, and it it's just so tight that stuff like that it it, it happens, and it just has to happen to me, of course, and uh, you know the fans I got, they're ruthless, and it's just it's part of the sport. That's the worst part of it, though. You know, it's me and the kid Mike we're good buddies and for that to happen it just it sucks you know but that's uh that's Daytona for you it always gets me well that's one of the tracks you know we all have tracks that we go to that maybe we don't want to because of specific incidents that have happened throughout the years yep you know I'm I'm not a fan of Glen Helen really I, I think we've only raced there clean a couple times in all the years that I've raced. Wow. Huh. Yeah, it's just at your home track, basically, and, you know, you you can't get a clean race. Yeah, it's just one of them tracks where it's just there to haunt you. Yeah, if something goes wrong, that's the track that it's going to go wrong at. You could be perfect yeah. else all year. Uh, my favorite place to race, which they closed down, was Speed World. Really? Yeah, I don't know if you ever made it out here to race at Speed World. No, I... I think I've rode there though. It just sounds super familiar. Where's it at? It was Where in was it? Surprise, Arizona. Oh, uh, I did a riding school there. That makes sense. A long time ago. Uh yeah. in my youth days, actually. That's funny. That place was awesome. Yeah. You know, we could do no wrong. Every time we showed up there, it was it was our track. And uh that's cool. Those um, are the best ones. Yeah, I loved going to that place, but you know, it's neither here nor there. So let's go back in time a little bit. You've been around a okay. long time. You've seen the 250R era uh, or the tail end of it. Um, yeah, a little bit of it. Go back to the start. Well, I, I know your dad's in the industry. Um, give us a little insight to, to what the start was like for Joel Hetrick. All right. Uh, so my parents have Hetrick Racing, their business they've had since uh, before I started racing maybe the early nineties. And my grandpa bought my first full wither, which was LT 80. And I was at four years old. Uh, my parents actually helped a local track. They helped run it. And obviously we were there every weekend racing. So as soon as I could race or they had a class for me to race, they put me in it and I'm racing the youth track and obviously just loving it and just took off from there. You know, their business kept going, uh, kept doing well enough that they could continue to go to all the nationals and Shoot, we've been doing nationals since 97, um, I believe. We've done full national series since 1997. Um, maybe maybe 99 was a full series, not 97. I would have been too young. But it was before 2000s we were doing the full national circuit, and uh, we, we mixed in with TT for my 90-mod, 70-mod years. I won a couple championships there. 90-mod uh, won a championship. 2007 battle with Jeffrey for a super mini championship on one fifties. That was super cool. I, he actually got me that year. Only year he beat me on a youth uh, and he will let you know that too. Um, <laughs> he did. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Uh, it was some of the best racing we had though. And yeah, I mean, I just went through every class basically 2007 was one fifty. Uh, 2008. I can't even remember. 
might have been 250 or 150s again. I went to a Z400 right before I got on 450s, uh, won the Z400 class, got on 450, came out to Glen Helen, actually broke my collarbone and ankle racing a uh, quad cross race, I think it was called. Okay. Yep. And I was six, 16 years old, first pro race, come out on a Kawasaki, uh, guns blazing and just, I don't even, I don't even remember the trip because I got knocked out so bad. My concussion was that bad, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was an epic race. That, what year? Mm, that would have been 2009. Wow. Yeah. So 2009 was that it was my first legitimate, you know, pro race. We went out there to do that cause I couldn't race pro at, uh, ATV nationals. It was 18 over here. And 2009 we raced pro or a and pro am didn't do the whole series a class uh just was having bad luck we'd win a record just something would happen in a so we moved up to pro am and did really good in pro am the next year won a championship in pro am which would have been 2010 uh in 2011 went pro and got first first or no only rookie pro to win and two overalls in their rookie year i think four motos that's incredible. That was, that was a that was a big highlight. I was riding for 2011, riding for my parents on a TRX. Just switched from the Cowie, so big changes and come out and one Unidil on it and Loretta's, and it was it was a year to remember for sure. Still got the jersey in a frame here. What was the uh, what was the first year that you won the championship? First year was 2017. I think like 20 2011. 2014 i just battled uh we were switching bikes going back and forth from honda to can-am and i was just battling uh being young and being lazy straight up you know i'm as honest as it gets and i was i was not doing what i needed to do you know i look back and i'm like i could have been winning races at a you know earlier age if i would have put the right work in and just uh focus on the right things. so i was lucky enough to uh get my head out of my butt and start to actually train and and put in some real effort and uh 2014 off season i lost 25 pounds went into 2015 and was on a honda and just i think we had we had some really good support that year uh david eller actually was helping us from i mean he helped us my whole pro career but he really stepped in big that year and we had a good good program and we were we were winning races right off the bat and just being a young maniac though i would either win a moto or crash the next moto so that's where we were at that year and uh after that it just kept getting better and better i kept you know getting faster but getting more controlled so i was actually able to win motos and overalls and uh, and then 17 finally put it all together for a championship and it was uh just unreal you know race all your life and that was one thing you wanted to do and to do it like that day i didn't it didn't even really set in that day and uh even I watched the video, the championship video, it's only a minute long. It still gave me chills and, you know, about bring a tear to my eye just because it's, it's a, it's a goal I've always wanted to have. And to accomplish that, it's, uh, it's just amazing. And then to do it twice is even better. Um, I feel like I maybe could have had a couple more, but I, I've had a rough go a couple of years of some bad luck and uh, just staying positive and, uh, you know, obviously gunning for some more of them. That's a pretty awesome story right there, bud, uh, and, and some good history. When you were standing on that platform and they were telling you that you were number one, what were some of the exact emotions that ran through your body? I mean, it's really just, it's like the, the, the cold sweats for me. Like I was just, it was like a shock, you know, like, I was crying, you know, I was trying not to, but it's just so emotional for me that, I mean, I just couldn't, I couldn't hold it back. And, uh, I'm not a real big partier. I don't drink much, but that night we had a lot of fun and it was just that, that made it even better because, you know, the coolest part was to me, uh, the guy that I had battled with the whole year, Chad, he actually was out and about and, and hanging out with us and, you know, having a good time too. So to do that and, and to do, to beat him straight up, one of the toughest competitors ever. Uh, and then to, you know, accomplish a life goal of mine and then to, 
to go out and have a good night and party and have all, you know, all my friends there. It just, it was a, it was like a dream come true to me. You know, it's, that's what I lived my whole life for. That's awesome. I did not know that you got to spend time with Chad after you won that title. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, ever since then, I, I've lost a couple. I lost 2018 championship by a chain at Loretta's. And it was, it was the next year. I, that was my second champion. It should have been my third championship, second one in a row. Should have. I mean, so it, that's what I say, but anything can happen. And it did. I still went out that night and uh, hung out with Chad and, and had a good time, even though I lost that day. And they were, a lot of people were surprised I was even outside. They, they said, I don't know how you're out here. I would, I'd be crying in the motorhome. And uh, I just told them, I said, there's no reason to do that. I mean, there's nothing I can do, you know, I'm just going to deal with it. He was a, he was a, a good sport when he got beat. So I'll be out here and be a good sport. Do you think that in the future after ATV racing, you and Chad will be friends? Uh, my boss, David, always asks. He always says that. He don't ask me that. He tells me. He said, you and Chad are going to be good buddies after you're done racing. You know that? I said, no, I don't know that. What do you mean? You know, me and Chad, so we're pretty good this year, but we've had our, you know, falling outs. Um, he's like, you guys just, you shared a pretty big part of your life together. And, uh, you know, I think you, I feel like you guys are just going to be friends. You, your families are together now. Our kids play together at the track. And he just, he had a lot of good points and it was like, you're probably right. And, uh, you know, this, this year, me and Chad and our families, they did hang out quite a bit and it was good for him. You know, kids love it. They love hanging out. Well, I, I talked to Joe Bird. Okay. Joe Bird and John Natale and Shane hit probably those two guys probably hated Joe Bird more than anything else in the world. <laughs> and they talk to him now. And, and, yep. and I wouldn't say they're tight friends, but they're friends. Yeah, you they're know? friends. Because you have to figure you're at the height of your sport. You're at the peak of the level of ATV riders. You and Chad are the fastest two men in the world that ride ATVs. And you're fierce competitors and you're out there, you're trusting your life with him and he's trusting his mm-hmm. life with you as you guys dive off into the turn or take that jump side by side or uh, tail to nose. And yeah, for sure. The experiences that you guys have together uh, and then allowing your families to intermingle with one another. Yeah. That, that, that that's a lifelong friendship right there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I can agree with that. And, and I'm sure it will be, you know, as long as we're racing, I'm sure we'll be, you know, communicating and just, you know, time will tell. We I'm get not, older, like I said, we get wiser and I'm definitely getting wiser. I'm not taking anything away from what it's like to line up against him and the the, the desire to win burning inside of you. Um, I'm not trying to change that in any way, shape or form or tell you that that's yeah, you it. Got- yeah, that's that's a you got to keep that though because there was a there was a couple times this year I told uh, David and Carly I said I gotta you guys can go hang out that's fine I love it I I love my kids to have fun with other kids but personally I can't be over there I gotta stay over here and just I don't want to talk to them you know it was getting to the point where you know there was a couple instances instances on the track where I was I was too nice and wasn't necessarily in the pro class it was pro stock and there was just a couple spots where maybe I could have shoved it in made a pass and it was like ah, I just didn't do it and you know that was in my head so ever since then I kind of kept my distance from him you know not you know being disrespectful or anything if I saw him I'd say hey but I just uh I just kept my distance and I felt like that was better for both of us I felt like you know he he was kind of on board with that too you know but it's just kind of how it has to be that's the fierce competitiveness in you both. You, you need to have that edge. You need to have yeah. that razor sharp edge. That's, that's pretty awesome. You brought up the pro stock. Um, I know that's not a class that you ride all the time. Are you going to focus on that at any point in time to hone your skills on seeing the track more, things like that? Um, I actually, I will ride that stock machine for practice as much as I can. I love it. It is, it just, it makes you ride so much harder and 
you know, there's just bits and pieces about it that don't work as good as your race squad, of course. So that part is kind of unique. Um, they actually don't, they're not going to do it next year at the ATV motocross series. So I, I'm not going to race it. Um, but we'll, we'll just continue to practice on it and, you know, tinker with it. Um, I, I don't, I know why they're not going to run it, but I don't want to get into that. It's a big ordeal and it's just not worth getting into the entries weren't there. And that's all I'll say is just the entries weren't there. Yeah, I, I know it's kind of a political nightmare deal. There was some issues uh, earlier on in the year with some, yeah. uh, you could call cheating, but I had a conversation with Thomas Brown and some other people, and I'm just not an AMA fan. Sorry, I'll just put yeah. it out there. Yeah. I'm just not an AMA fan. They're making decisions and ruling on ATVs when none of them are ATV enthusiasts and they don't really care about ATVs. So they should have people in there that are ATV knowledgeable and ATV enthusiasts. And, mm -hmm. you know, let's not get off on a tangent on AMA, but you know, <laughs> you know how I, I, I can agree with that. Yep. Yeah. So 2022, it's right around the corner. Are there any changes coming in your program that we can talk about? Uh, yeah, we got some, some minor changes right now. Uh, we're switching to 6D helmets. Um, they're pretty awesome. I actually was riding this weekend on my dirt bike and was riding with the whole Phoenix Honda crew, actually. And last ride of the day, I'm going into a rut, going way too fast, probably for my skill on a dirt bike, and uh, going there sideways, cross rut, face plant right into the rut with this brand new helmet on. And I, it didn't even, like, it didn't even hurt. It wasn't a hard crash, but it was just like the helmet was so nice. I called uh, David, the team owner. I'm like, this is the best helmet I've ever used. And I was like, even if I had to buy them, I'd buy them. I've only wore it one time. And that's, it just, it's really comfy. I don't, I don't know. I like the Alpine star too. It was really light, but I felt like it, it, it moved a little bit on me. And um, the 60 is just so snug. I, I really like it. And then we're doing uh, FMF goggles, switching from hundred percent to FMF. Um, so you know, not a big change, but still, still a change, still a new company. So that's cool. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think, uh, I think we're pretty much, you know, CST's on board, Elka's on board, Walsh, um, you know, same components, same suspension, same tires, uh, you know, sticking with the Phoenix, Phoenix racing crew, nothing changing there. And, you know, same, same gig pretty much. I don't want to change nothing. It was really good. Had a good start with the bike and only only made it better so i just want to keep you know just tinkering with suspension and stuff i want to ask some questions because i, I i'm not back there i don't get to, to travel back east as much as i would like to the phoenix guys okay explain that whole dynamic a little so that your fans that that aren't in the know can understand exactly what that is and i'm one of those people that's not totally in the know okay so the team I race for Phoenix racing, uh, they have Phoenix racing, which is the, the main deal. They call the quad side Phoenix racing, Phoenix racing ATV. And then they have to have the Phoenix Honda team because they have factory Honda support for the bike side of it. Uh, on the bike side of the team, we have Josh Osby, Cullen Park, Kyle Peters, and Cody shock. They'll all be racing supercross East coast, uh, possibly West coast. I don't know their coast exactly, per rider but i know they'll be racing supercross and kicker arena cross uh kyle and colin will be racing kicker arena cross and supercross cody shock and osby will do supercross and outdoors i believe um so those are the four bike guys that, that race you know supercross arena cross outdoors and then we have tristan landrum cody barnes and Ruri, I don't I'm not even gonna attempt to say his last name, or I think it's actually Barbosa, so it's not that hard. But he's from Chile. Um so he is a XC2 bike pro, XC2 Pro Am, I guess. And then Tristan, I'm not sure his class, maybe an A, and then uh Cody is either A or Pro Am too. So they're you know, top of their you know, top of their classes at uh GNCC on bikes. And that's that's all the bike guys we got, I believe. A lot of there's a lot of guys on the team and the atv side uh so atv side i'm i know it's me 
and uh, the team owner's son, Grayson Eller. I'm not sure specifically on uh, Rastrelli. I don't know if he, what he said in his podcast, if he said he was doing another route. Um, I do think he's doing his own program. I just from, you know, me and him talk quite a bit. Um, so I guess he's doing that kind of part ways from the Phoenix crew. Um, but yeah, no hard feelings there with, I don't think with him or the crew, it didn't seem like it. I just hung out with him at the banquet and sat with him at his table. You know, we were just chatting it up, typical buddy stuff. So, well, that's awesome. Just, so it's just yeah. you for the ATV side and Grayson. Just me and Grayson, it, he does GNCC strictly uh, through the woods, and I don't know how many motocross he'll do, so it's just up to him. Uh, he had a knee injury last year at Three Palms, one of the motocross races, and tore his knee up pretty good. So I think he's wanting to focus more on uh, the wood stuff, but I think we'll see him out at some pro events at Moto too. That's pretty cool. He's a nice yeah. kid, really nice kid. Yeah, he, he's funny, yeah. Um someone was telling me that when we did the press conference that I got him to speak more than they'd ever heard him talk. Yeah. He's, he does not like to do interviews. He told me, he's like, I don't, I'm only doing the podcast if it's with you. And I'm like, dude, I hate to tell you, you're not doing it with me. <laughs> he, he just don't, he don't like talking. It's just one of them things. I don't know. He'll talk, you know, if it's just you and him in the shop, he'll talk to you, talk your ear off. But just something about being on, you know, recording. I don't know. Uh, well, he did great. I mean, he was a good speaker on the on the press conference. That's what I thought. You know, I thought he did really good. I told him that, and he just he wants no part of it. So you'll have to kind of coax him into that. Um, you know what? He said that this is his words, and I know we're getting a okay. little off topic, but he said that you know I needed to keep it with the guys that were the real uh, heroes in the ATV industry, like you. And I said, I sent back, it takes all of us. It's not just one guy yep. that makes the industry. I need every voice out there. Yeah. Um, because he needs to build his fan base too, because I'm sure he's already got followers. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. He's got plenty of followers. He's, you know, got a good following. So it's only, and it would only help, you know, all of his sponsors just as well as him and, you know, the sport ATV. So I'll try to give him, I'll give him some crap, see if he'll he'll hop on with you. Well, while we're talking about sponsors and we just talked about the Phoenix team, which, you know, bless them for uh, being a part of you and being part of the ATV world. And, uh, you know, all of our ATV fans thank them because we need people like that to sponsor ATVs. If, if you were going to talk to some of the amateurs or some of the riders that are up and coming, how would you tell them to approach sponsorship? That's a good question. And I actually get asked that quite a bit from uh, riders, parents. It's really hard to answer because I've been in a really good spot for the past couple of years. So I haven't had to go out and gather sponsors for, you know, for the most part, because I've they've been on a pretty good, uh, I guess, loyal train with them. They've been sticking with most of them for a long time. So it's been pretty easy to just, you know, reach out and be like, Hey, uh, can we continue sponsorship? So I don't know exactly how to get them, but I give my opinion. And usually it is to just make a pretty strong resume. Um, if, if you don't know how to make a resume, have it, you know, shout out on Facebook or something. There's tons of kids that do it. Uh, you know, kids in the sport that their buddies probably do resumes and they can help them out. Uh, do a resume, talk about your, your background, your finishes, uh, your schooling, you know, everything like that. And then just try to be unique on your social media platforms, uh, you know, unique videos, stuff that, you know, just catches the eye, uh, but be, you know, obviously don't do nothing crazy out of hand. Always wear your helmet if you're doing something, you know, too crazy, but uh, it's just, it's anymore. It's all social media. So, like they really want to see a good following, a good response. Uh, they want to see like your insights, how many people like this post or this post. Um, so what I tell them is, you know, if, if Instagram is their algorithm is doing reels or they're, you know, like they'll show you the videos that they want to show you. So if their algorithm is uh, they want to focus on reels, 
and that's what everyone's posting. I tell them, Hey, go post a bunch of reels. You get a bunch of, you know, followers and likes. And then you take that, you screenshot your, your likes and your stuff like that. And you can send it to these sponsors and say, Hey, this is the type of, you know, crowd I'm reaching. Um, also, you know, doing YouTube videos. I have a YouTube channel and just doing behind the scenes stuff or, you know, training, anything, just part of your program, uh, showing off those parts. I feel like that would help just something to give back to them. So they're not just giving you all this stuff for, for nothing basically is what I, I feel like could definitely help them sponsor you more. That's, that's pretty good. You come from a different kind of era. We come back from the paper resume, you know, uh, yep. selling parts is, is how to do it. And when you're sponsored, your job is to sell parts, not um, social media is a whole new dynamic for old guys like me it's just crazy because anymore to me it's like i'm selling the parts when you know i post a video or i post like you know a roost pick and i'm like hey the cst tires shooting them you know shooting that roost up like anymore you know these kids are on their phones just too much it drives me nuts but um you know they they see everything that we put on there they're gonna they're gonna watch this video of us they're gonna you know they're gonna search you know our names after the video and watch YouTube, you know, more YouTube videos of us. So it's just, you know, Brian Deegan said it pretty well. He said, if you're not taking advantage of the technology right now and, and making it your, yourself like approachable or seen, he said, you're, you're not doing it right. He said, you can, you can make a living off your phone and he's completely right. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm a social media guy that's struggling to learn it. And, um, ATV talk is, is a social media, um, company. And mm -hmm. I have two young ladies that push me pretty hard to do videos all the time, uh, for it. And, and I struggle because sometimes I don't want to be, and I don't know how this is for you, but sometimes I don't want a video of me working on a machine. Mm -hmm. I know. I know how it is. It's, and it's hard for me because everyone wants me to do a vlog, but it's like, I just, I'm just going in the garage and working. I don't, you know, I'm not focused on having my camera pointing at me talking to the camera and all this. And it's just, it's hard to grasp that new dynamic of, you know, holding the phone up at me, filming what I'm doing, getting up in the morning, filming. It's just that lifestyle. I don't think I could do, but, you know, promoting sponsors through social media videos, Instagram clips, stuff like that. I can very well do that. But, uh, the whole lifestyle vlogging, ah, that's not for me. Not yet. Well, for for the social media growth for sponsors, so you young people that are listening, what we're telling you is get into videoing, you know, Instagram, Facebook, um, your social media stuff, find out what your sponsors want and promote them and promote yourself and and create a whole niche for yourself. Yeah. Just, you know, create content, whatever you're doing. If you're in your school at the gym, playing basketball with your buddies, you know, film shooting hoops, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take much. It just takes some. Well, do you remember Ivan Stewart? I do not. He was a truck racer. Okay. He used to wear his team shirt everywhere. That's a good idea. And he didn't race for Toyota. He had a team shirt on. And a representative from Toyota, that's how they found him in a fast food joint. No way. Yep. So that's wearing, awesome. wearing your sponsorship t-shirts and hats everywhere yep. you go uh, is something that you need to do. Even though you, it's not on social media, you're still out in the general public. Yeah, I've, I've been stopped in just the most crazy places. Uh, a casino in Shreveport, Louisiana, I got stopped. I had a shirt on, ATV, moto shirt guy recognized it was me he said hey you're joel hetrick and i'm like i mean yeah that's me oh i watch all your videos and i'm like we're you know we're in the middle of louisiana i'm just down here riding and uh he caught me by my shirt and it's happened multiple times i've been in spots i was at a subway and the kid saw my shirt he looked up he said are you joel hetrick i said yep so i just watched your video from daytona you or uh from unadilla when you crashed are you all right? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> uh, just a, just a funny question, but, um, you know, we took a picture right after that. So that is a very valid point, you know, where, where are those 
sponsorship shirts or buy them and wear them and, and do, you know, help the company out. Uh, Cause it's only going to get you, you know, maybe a con- conversation, maybe a potential sponsor or, uh, you know, a cool shirt at the end, if, if not anything else. Exactly. Exactly. I want to ask you another question. We know that Chad Weenan is your fiercest competitor right now in your, in, in your time. Mm-hmm. You were coming up through the ranks. You and Jeffrey Rastrelli raced a lot together. Yeah. Greatest moment for you on the track and worst? Greatest of my moments, you know, just by yep. myself? Okay. Yep. Uh, hmm. Doesn't even I definitely know. It. So greatest moment on the track. Uh, it's just there's a there's two like two instances on the track which are really cool uh obviously i i felt like the 2019 championship at ironman that that last two races we had uh it was the dirt bikes were there we were racing on friday with with all the dirt bike guys and their fans and the track was just super gnarly and totally different than any atv motocross race would get and we had to run big tires the first moto and uh small tires the second moto i ran but chad ran bigs And this is for the championship. Like he could have beat me. He could have won that race and beat me. Um, And he ran bigs a second moto. And I'm like, why would you run big tires? Uh, But it it, that was just crazy to me. But you know, that whole 2019 year was it was just ups and downs. And Chad actually had a a mechanical that cost him, you know, a a bunch of points. But um, you know, just at the end, that last race when I when I went over, I got third in the moto, but I won the championship, and that was just. I don't know. That was a really good feeling because we had a really good comeback towards the end of the year that year. And that one right there, that 2019 championship actually hit me pretty hard. And, uh, that was one of the best moments. Uh, and then 2017 went in one, one at Millville. That was another one because that was just, it was one of the tracks where everyone said, Chad's going to win no matter what you ain't going to beat him, you know, just have at it, get second place. I hate that. So I won the first moto uh second moto he was beating me and i caught him i put the pressure on him and he made a little mistake and i i passed him and just left him and uh that was just i was so hyped up about that race just because i was like i just shoved that right in all your guys's faces that said that i couldn't beat him and uh i just i just like to do that you know just prove people wrong sometimes awesome that's uh, Uh, the worst ones though it's very easy uh the 2018 championship loser chain break that was probably the worst one ever um just because that like i went into that day just like okay this is my championship i got it all i gotta do is finish what fifth you know easy um and i watched this video of what happened it's so stupid it's so crazy that it happened we rivet link the chains now so it'll never happen again but uh I went over inside wedge. I was in like mid pack. I wasn't stressing. I'm just riding. Went over inside wedge. I, I went over it with the, you know, my swing arm, my rotor and my chain went right over the, the bad part of it. So I guess where, where it would, the edge of it. Um, and it, it drug. So it must have had a rock there and it drug, it drug popped my link off my chain. And then a lap later I lost my chain. So I didn't know what to do. And I didn't know I could cut the track to go to the pit area at Loretta's to put a new chain on. So I went back, my, went back to my motorhome, just crying, upset. And they come get me like 10 minutes later, the race is still going on. It was early in the moto. And they're like, Hey, we got your bike fixed. You got to go race. And I'm like, Are you, what? And the race is over. Like we're done. I said, no. Cause I, I the chain wrapped around to slap my case. I thought, you know, my cases were cracked. It was pouring out oil. So I'm like, I'm not going to race, you know, it's done. Like championships over, whatever. And, uh, we could have, we could have managed to get that done. If we could have managed to get that done faster, we would have, we would have won. We lost by one point. And that is the worst, that is the worst feeling I've ever had racing. And it was very close for me to just hang it up. Like, I was just like, I'm, I'm done with this. 
I've had so many bad things happen in racing and we all have and it just like that one right there was just the top i'm like but i was still on a little bit of high from winning the 2017 championship so it kept me going and then 2019 i won and uh, then i'm on on two years of losing right now from from i feel like a you know pleasure valley 2020 locked the motor up on the honda lost plenty of valuable points there Uh, just i just got a mechanical like curse on the hondas and then you know if it's not that daytona's cursed on me so uh, if we can figure them two out um i'm coming out strong for 2022 trying to get the championship which i will be anyways but uh just got to figure out a couple weird little things you know that's those are both that's the worst yeah that, that that's totally understandable totally understandable what's your favorite place to race uh iron man why it's just, it's the best track. Uh, it's the best moto track for a quad. If you like to jump, if you like to jump and go fast and you know, it's, it's choppy rough, the lines get good. It's just, I've rode that similar dirt all my life and to have those jumps there, they're just massive. I've always been a big jumper. So that's even, you know, more fun for me. And just some of the spots on the track I really like, and I don't know, it's just, it's one of my, it's my favorite track. Ever since we went there the first time, it was my favorite track other than high point. I really like high point. Um, but it's just, I feel like high points kind of been the same for its whole life, even though they've changed it dramatically. It's just high point. So, uh, I'd say Ironman's top of the list. That's pretty cool. Um, unfortunately I've never got to go there, you know, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, high point I've been there, but yeah, I didn't get to go to Ironman. High what points, you, uh, you know, what did you think of the Glen Helen race when you were out here on the West Coast with the works? Uh, I think the race as a whole was really fun. I did not like Glen Helen's moto track that day. It was like all the faces were rolled over and just they weren't poppy at all. And I don't know. I didn't love the moto track itself, but I, uh, I love racing and riding there because when I was riding, I would just look around the mountains and, and the scenery. And I just thought that was so cool. Um, you know, watching the videos and then being up on the top of the hill like that. So that was really cool. Uh, the race as a whole, though, I really liked it. I want to come back and do I'm, I'm going to come back and do the hardest one you got and the longest one you got, because apparently me winning that one just that didn't cut it for everybody. So I got to come back and redeem myself again. Well, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll just put it to you this way. You won. You 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 took that day and it was your day. Um I wish you would have went and raced Mesquite uh, because it's much, much, much tougher. Um, the brutalness of it, it just eats people alive. Havasu, in the old days, the way they used to have Havasu, used to probably be the roughest. Um, really? It's still turn, whoop, 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 turn, yeah. whoop, whoop, deep sand, you know, um, and that'll mm-hmm. wear on you too. Oh, yeah, it does. That's I'm coming to do one of them. So, and and I got to figure the hour and a half. You know, you give that extra thirty minutes of racing. Yeah. Well, I did look. See, I did my research because I was getting a little upset with everyone. So I looked at every event, and the longest race they had was an hour and eighteen minutes. Our race was an hour and thirteen minutes, and then the the last the last couple were an hour and thirty. So the one was an hour thirty two, and then I assume they're probably getting more on on track now, but. It was weird because everyone told me it was a 90 minute race. And then I looked at the results and they weren't 90 minutes. So I'm like, what, what's going on? And then the, I think the last one was an hour and 32 minutes. So I've been keeping up with it. Ah, that's I got to come back. I got to come back and uh, do another one. My boy, Bo. Uh, well, Hey, he wants, he wants it. He wants that. I know he does. Full length because you know, the, the guy rises to the occasion for 41 years old. He still can scoot. Yeah, no, that's what I tell everyone. I, you know, I know these uh, two boys from East Coast are coming over there to race, I guess, the last one. And uh, Hunter Hart and Josh Merritt. And everyone's asked me, what do you think they're going to do? What do you think they're going to do? You gonna, they're going to win? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Bo's, Bo rips. I mean, I, I raced Glen Helen, a track that was super fast. And, you know, it was I was on the pipe most of the race. Uh, granted. Like I didn't get to prepare, like I said, like I wanted to for it, but 
it was still, I was on the pipe for the whole race. And I just, I don't know. It's, I'll be curious to see how they do. I'm really curious to see how they do. I'd say they're going to do really well and they'll battle it out. But like you said, Bo's, you know, he's a nine time champ for a reason. Like he's, he's going to, he's not going to want them boys to win. So I know that. And he's a tough competitor. That's all. It's, it's going to be a good race. Travis Damon's working out pretty hard. He got second in the last one. I know nice. that Sloan's been doing some whoop riding. I know he had an issue. Yeah, I see his Glen stuff. Helen. I know he had an issue at Glen Helen. I never got to ask him what happened, but it's something went on with him. Uh, yeah. Third back had problems. If you look at that race, third back, you know, Jacob, he's starting to get in work shape. Yeah. He's, he, he, it just, it just takes, you know, being adapted to that race length and, just like a moto race for me, you know, they, they might come over and be like, yeah, that was so hard for 20 minutes, but it's only 20 minutes. You know, it, it, it's just different aspects of the race. Like that's a 20 minute dire sprint as fast as you can go. And it's an hour and 30 sprint as fast as you can go, but you got to know, you know, your limits and push where you need to push and, and relax where you need to relax. And, uh, and obviously have a good pit strategy and, and fueling strategy. And that, that could also definitely alter the race for for them guys too and i th- I just think both program was really fluid and, and obviously he he nailed his pit his his gas his fueling and, and the the laps like he knew where to push and when to push so it's just cool i watched i look back at a couple of other videos and i'm like oh maybe i should have done this or this so it's just just racing man it's all it's all different what was your strategy because you went out and blazed the first three laps super hard and then mm-hmm. I liked the early pit. Yeah. I thought that, that, was, that was my, that was my strategy. So uh, the, the whole time going in, I'm like, the dude's going to be fast at the end of the race. And I knew what I did and it wasn't much. And I was like, I just, I got to use the speed out of the raw speed I got and just burn them down for two, three laps. And we did two laps. They pulled me in on lap three and I'm like, Oh my gosh, he's right behind me still but he wasn't, I just thought he was, he was like 20 or 15 seconds down. So I pitted, went pretty smoothly. Jim got gas on me. Didn't like that. (laughs) And then, uh, uh, we got going. He was, he was like two seconds behind me at that point. I'm like, Oh, here we go. So, you know, that I knew that point of the race. So he had to pit and then I was just going to keep cruising. So it was a good strategy. It paid off, paid off for, for me to get a little breathing room when he pit which wasn't long at all. I watched it on a video. It was a boom done, but uh, it still was a pit. And, you know, my plan worked really well. I wish I was in better shape the last probably 20 minutes. I kept looking at the clock, like my hands hurt. I'm just, I was just wore out, you know, I just didn't prepare like I should have, but you know, I was there to do it. So I was just hanging on. I want to put you on the spot. Okay. Guys would have came wheel to wheel. Did you have the energy to bang bars with him? Yeah, because that's – I was just cruising towards the end in case, like, I didn't think he would catch me because I was just keeping tabs on him the whole track. Like, I would watch him. Um, so I was just maintaining the gap. When I, I'm really good at that at Moto2. If I get a lead, I can maintain, even if I was pretty wore out. Um, you know, if he would catch me, which he did, he caught me one lap and I'm like, all right. So I put a heater lap in and, and I gapped him again. So I knew I still had the energy to beat him if I needed to, if he got me, got up close. Um, but I just wasn't letting him get up close to do that because that's a whole nother mental game. And I didn't want to get into that. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh-huh. I, I like the two dynamics because I got to have a good conversation with Bo about it as well. And, and he was really really wanting to get close to you know because yeah measuring stick you know how good am i oh yeah am i really am i on that guy's level and Mm -hmm. and he'll tell you honestly no he's not you know um he 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 did say that straight up to my face he said your speed is just ridiculous and he said i'll be lucky to to be close behind you i'm like dude i don't know why you said that you're a freaking champ for a reason like i'm i'm out here worried about you and you're just worried like i'm gonna kick your butt and it ain't gonna happen like (laughs) I beat you, but it wasn't like a walk in the park. Like I tell everyone, I said, it wasn't easy, man. And uh, that's why I'm really curious to see how these boys do because he's a, he's a tough competitor. Well, they're going to a sand track with whoops. Um, And this will air probably after that. Well, guaranteed after that race. So 
we'll we'll all know the result of it. Um, Johnny yep. Gallagher's coming as well, from what I was told. Yeah, so. I've seen him with Corey Ellis uh, doing some riding in the dunes. I think today. Yeah, that's going to be outstanding. I uh, I get to spend some time with him. We're going to do another press conference. Um, nice. Uh, we're going to in, in, increase it a little bit, so that'll be something extra to watch. And yeah, I really yeah, they're good guys. I really appreciate you sitting down with us and and helping us along. Uh, ATV talks a relatively new thing, and the press mm-hmm. conference thing. Um, we're trying to do everything we can to promote the ATV racing. Oh, you're doing a really good job. And like I said, I wasn't, I'm not a huge podcast listener, um, but I'm a, I'm a huge ATV enthusiast. Like this is my life. So if this could help the sport and can help uh, your platform grow, then of course I was, I was on board to do it after, after getting to meet with you at, at California. And then, you know, what my parents just, they've known you, forever and they had nothing but good things to say about you i was like i really got to get this this podcast done with leonard because it, it it really meant a lot um that you wanted to do it and i know like my dad thought it was super cool that i was doing it with you and just just history you know like he just been around so well that being that bringing up your dad i want to get him on oh you do i asked your mom and she said you won't ever shut up well, she said, you'll have to ask him. And I go, okay. Oh, but you can't right now. All right. You know, so yeah, I have to figure out a way got, to get hold of your dad. Uh, I, I can get you his number. He's he's a little easier than me to get a hold of. Uh, he's a riot. He'll talk all day. Talk to your off. Well, once you get talking, you do pretty good. Yeah, I, I told you. when I, I can talk motocross. I can talk ATV racing. That's easy. I want to ask one more question, and then I'll let you go, because I know it's getting late for you. Okay. You've raced off-road on the West Coast. I know you've done some cross-country stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you have any desires to do any more? And what do you think of Walker's seventh title? We lost you for a second there. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay, sorry about that. My car shut off. Um, Walker's seventh title is it's just, it's unbelievable. I've raced like I guess the same duration he has. You know, I've raced with him at a, a GNCC when we were really really young, and he kicked my butt. But you know, that's a seven time champ now, so he should have kicked my butt. Um, <laughs> but it's just it's just awesome. He is such a good guy. Um, he's awesome to ride with. Awesome to practice with super motivational like he he's just he's a good champion that's for sure like he he's earned it he deserves it and uh you know i'm definitely definitely happy for him you know i want I, I wish i would have had seven championships by now my age and for for a guy northwest ohio or he's ohio i was northwest pa and we're you know pretty much neighbors states and racing all of our lives like just different different series and you know, he's, he's really made a good living doing it. And I feel like I have too. So it's just super cool. We've been buddies for a long time, uh, known his family a long time and he's just, he's a good guy and, uh, hopefully he can keep it going. Well, you didn't answer my other portion of my question. Maybe, maybe, maybe I got caught I in the disruption. I asked you, you've, you've raced works, you've raced motocross. You've also raced some GNCCs. Do mm-hmm. you have, uh, the chance to race more and do you have the desire to race more more uh just different XC. racing the xc races oh the xc races man uh i really wanted to do one this year i wanted to do iron man the last one and i just i had so much going on that i didn't get to do it um so it was a bummer i would love to do more i want to do more on the yamaha specifically because um it just it works it works better in the woods i actually did a local GNCC. Uh, there was a couple XC1 pros there. Actually, John Glotta was there, and Grayson was actually there too. And it was on Grayson's practice bike, stock stock motor. Uh, everything else was, you know, had suspension and stuff like that. But I mean, I got up in the morning, and just showed up to this race just for fun. I didn't even know I was racing that day. So I, I get on there. I'm racing this guy who almost just beat Walker at the Ironman race. Actually, he was leading three laps of the race, 
and I pushed him around the track for two hours of that GNCC and um, almost beat him. Got caught up with a couple lappers at the end and got second, but it uh, it was like an eye opener. I'm like, dang, I should uh, I need to go out and do some more of this. I was that's pretty good on the Yamaha, so I really wanted to, but just didn't get to. Well, that's awesome that that you got to uh, that you got to go do that. Yeah. Um, well, I want to extend the invitation to have you come back. Oh, I'm I'm forgetting a huge deal. Okay. Were you aware? that Gary Denton got inducted in the hall of fame. I, I seen, uh, yeah, I was aware. I seen they had the banquet and everything like that. Um, yeah. So that was, it was super cool. Well, we had a little AMA conversation. Um, you should tell your fans and your listeners and your followers to push the AMA to start getting the past champions in the AMA. So then when it comes to your time, the transition will be there. Um, yeah, that would be awesome. We need to push that. Would, the uh, yeah, that that would just be that'd be you know awesome for you know like you're saying all the champions. You know, we've all worked our whole lives for the same the same goal, and it would be you know really awesome to be you know recognized like that. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Joel, I appreciate all the time you've given me tonight. Thank you so much for coming on ATV Talk, and you have an ex- uh, an invitation to come back anytime. Uh, that you want and you know that i'm going to be bugging you about the information for your dad because i need to get him on here as well i will get him on here for sure uh it, it was definitely a pleasure thank you so much for having me definitely want to do it again uh maybe before daytona or some off-season training uh talk or something like that we'll just uh we'll keep in touch well that being said i would love to go into some training discussion and okay. I'd really like to get into a Honda Yamaha discussion with you. Oh, I could talk for, you know, probably another good hour about that. So I would, I would love to, cause I'm, I, I'm not against Yamaha, but I'm still a diehard Honda fan. Really? Yep. Yeah. It's tough. It, I really wish I didn't have the problems I had on the Honda because it's such a good machine. Um, and I just, you know, obviously I'm watching, I'm, I'm racing against the guys on a Yamaha who never had a, a DNF in one of those years where I had plenty of them. So to me, it's like, I, I had to, I had to try it just to see. And we had really good luck with it. The bike works awesome. The fuel injection is sick. The rear end is light years better than the TRX. And it just, that, that right there alone helps me so much being a smaller guy that the, the just the geometry of the bike makes it perform better in the rough. So that is, that is one of the biggest pros to that machine for me. Um, no. Other than that, like the power deal, I'm not huge on having all the horsepower, but I'm huge on, on having reliable horsepower that I can hold on to and not get tired. And uh, that's, we had too much at the beginning and we got to the point where now I'm really comfortable with the machine. And it's just, I, I tell everyone I wouldn't go back to the Honda because how good this thing feels like a Honda on steroids to me. And everyone that sits on it, says it's a honda and i'm like i told you i'd make this thing like a honda and uh you know no one believed me no one believed me that i could make that thing turn like a trx and you know just messing with caster and camber and tow it it happens so that's awesome i can't wait for that conversation <laughs> and i want right. and, and if i can get you out here on the west coast again i'm going to get you out in the desert riding one of my hondas just to get your get your, your feel of it hey I've never rode in the dunes in my life, so that's definitely on the bucket list. I'd love that. Well, we'll get you out in the dunes, but then I'll get you out in the hard-packed desert, you know, hitting edges at 80 miles an hour. And let me tell me what it's like. I don't know if that sounds so much fun, uh, but I'll give it a whirl. (laughs) I just, I just, you're a gamer. I love it. I'll ride anything, anywhere, usually. That's most of the guys that go riding with me know that, so. That's so awesome. Again, Joel, thank you so much for coming on ATV Talk. I'll let you get out of here. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, 
Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.